Welcome to Maranatha Teaching Podcast. I'm your host, Femi Fenoyo. We have joined a series that I've been doing on Maranatha YouTube teaching channel titled The Bible. We have joined the series at the beginning of another season, which we have titled The Story of the Whole Bible. So we've been looking at this man and this woman that God has created and we've looked at the issue of their gender and we have looked at the issue of their sexuality. And now we are looking at the issue of perversion of that which God has created because this is what the devil does, isn't it? What God has created for worship, the devil will want human beings to use that to worship him or to use that to worship ourselves because he knows that that will be the part of destruction. Let us read couple of our scripture again hebrews chapter 13 verse 4 marriage is to be held in honor among all that is regarded as something of great value and the marriage bed be undefiled by immorality or by any sexual sin for god will judge the sexually immoral and adulterous so we saw that there can be sexual immorality and the bible says that god will judge okay the marriage bed is to be held in honor in contrast to what we see today where people think that marriage is is an optional and a whole lot of these are being influenced by the spirit of the age by the type of music people listen to the movies people watch a whole lot of that is being influenced by our environment and the bible tells us that we should not allow this world to mold us into its own mold so let's read first thessalonians chapter 4 verses 3 to 7 for this is the will of god even your sanctification that you should abstain from fornication that every one of you should know how to possess his vessel in sanctification and honor not in the lust of concupiscence even as the gentiles wish know not god that no man go beyond and defraud his brother in any matter because that the lord is the avenger of all such as we also have forewarned you and testified for god has not called us unto uncleanness but unto holiness jude chapter 1 18 b and 19 who should walk after their own ungodly lust this be they who separate themselves sensual having not a spirit galatians chapter 5 verse 19 now the works of the flesh are manifest which are these adultery fornication uncleanness and lasciviousness lastly let's read second corinthians chapter 12 verse 21 unless when i come again my god will humble me among you and that i shall be well many which have sinned already and have not repented of their uncleanness fornication lasciviousness which they have committed these are sexual sins he said they have sinned already and they have not repented uncleanness fornication and lasciviousness and we are going to break through into some of these words that we've read that are used for sexual sin in all these scriptural references that we read because sometimes some of these things rub off on us you know just you know just seems to just uh pass over our head because we don't know what some of this word means obviously reading some of this word in modern translation will be of good help okay so what we have seen so far is that god has created us as sexual being it is the core of our being we express our sexuality through acts through our relationship and we must express that sexuality in a way that will please god in a way that will fulfill the purpose for which god 
has given us the sexuality. Understand that we are now focusing on an important part of expressing our sexuality. Now, we've talked about sexuality generally. Now, we are now, as of the last time when we were teaching, we are now focusing on an important part of expressing our sexuality. That is in a romantic relationship through romantic action and sex act. The expression of our sexuality in form of romantic and sexual heart is only created and reserved by God to be expressed in one relationship and one special relationship only. And that relationship is called marriage. Between two people of the opposite sex, between the, a male and a female, one man, one woman. And that is the definition of marriage in the scripture. No matter how you pull it and push it, that is the definition of marriage in the scripture. And it's, it's been created by God and reserved by God not only to be expressed in this special relationship, but also to be expressed in the privacy of the marriage bed. And that is what we read in Hebrews chapter 13 verse 14 moment ago. And number three, for the enjoyment only of the two people involved. That is very important. Important relationship marriage in the privacy of the marriage bed and within that relationship for the enjoyment of only those two people, the male and the female that are involved. In other words, it's not supposed to be the enjoyment of a third party that is washing. That is not the way God created it. And that when we pull this expression of our sexuality out from this confinement that God has created it to be protected in, it becomes destructive. It's become a tool of the devil to steal, to kill, and to destroy. In the Bible, sex is never a casual act. Sex is not a game. And this is very, very important. The world wants us to believe that sex is just an act. It's, it's, it's our body. We can just do it. No, not in the scripture. When you read the scripture, you will see that in the act of sex, there's a union of the whole being of two people. The two people involved is not just a casual act that the two people are involved in. When two people are involved in the act of sex, of, of sex, there is a union of their whole being, not just their body, of their soul, and of their spirit. And remember, we say sexuality is for procreative and is both procreative and recreative is the same thing we said because sex is one form of expression of our sexuality in a special relationship with that special individual of the opposite sex in the privacy of the marriage bed for the enjoyment of the two and the two only and the same way that sexuality is both procreative and recreative, the same thing is sex. Sex is not just for making babies. It is for making baby, but it is also for the enjoyment of the two. It is recreative. Also, we say sexuality is all about equality and mutuality. And the same thing is sex, because sex is one of the way we express our sexuality. For the man and the woman that are involved on the marriage bed, both are equal and both are involved in the expression of their sexuality in form of sex act as an equal party and for mutual benefit. So we need to understand that God has given us our sexuality and there is room for us to actually express our sexuality 
in various ways and in various acts in different relationships. But God has so made it in such a way, even though we have freedom to express our sexuality in various relationships, in various ways and various acts, God has made it in such a way that he has set a limit. He has set one limit that all our sexuality are not expressed in every single relationship that we find ourselves. Let me put it another way. The degree to which we express our sexuality depends on the type of relationship in which we find ourselves. And this is all about decency and this is all about boundaries. This should not come as a surprise. Most of us will go into public building where there are some areas that are reserved for the staff of that company. Okay, the company is open for you. You can come in. Maybe you went to a shopping mall or you went to buy something in, in the shop or you go to your doctor's surgery. Or no matter where you go to, there will be area that they will say only for staff that nobody else is allowed to go into that place. Everybody actually respect that they respect that the staff of that company of that area need that reserve area to be able to fulfill the job they are coming out to do for the customer or for the patient or for whoever is coming in you know if you are a partner to to a a ministry, a Christian ministry, a church, they have various levels of partnership, okay? And each partnership have different uh, benefits that they offer you. And it's the same thing, isn't it? Boundaries is necessary for right functioning. How many of us have been on websites? Okay, I go on quite a number of websites. Sometimes you, you are able to surf around the website, but there are some areas where they will deny you access, they will say you have no right to assess this particular information or you have no right to make these particular changes. It's the same thing with our sexuality. Boundaries is not against freedom. Boundaries are not antithesis to freedom. You can be as free as you want or you can express your sexuality as, as free as you want as long as you stay within the boundary. And this is very important. I mean, how many of you will go to a game, a football game, and then when they score, everybody run on the field? Nobody does that. Even when they score, you celebrate it. Yes, you can celebrate it as much as you want, as long as you don't run on the field, as long as you don't bump into other people's celebration where you sit down. Nobody complains about the boundaries that are placed. In fact, they are not only physical boundaries. They also have people that are standing there and make sure that people don't run on the field at the wrong time. And these are all boundaries. And those boundaries are there to make things function and to make all things beautiful. And it's the same thing with our sexuality. Our expression of sexuality is limited by the type of relationship within which we are expressing that sexuality. And we are saying that there is only one special relationship in which we are allowed to express our sexuality in the form of romantic and sex act. And to take sex out of this godly setting Will be destructive to take sex out of this godly setting is what the bible called sinful act or sexual sin i should say and this is the definition of sexual sin this is the definition of indecency and people can say but why would god set a limit no why did we have limits remember it's for beauty 
and ease for function. A river without a boundary is not a river. A river without a boundary is a flood. Okay, boundaries are not antithesis to freedom. Boundaries are there so that that quality, in fact, every good thing, every precious thing needs boundary around it. How many of you have gone to, to, to the museum where they are putting to public view where people can go and watch things? You know, the most precious thing in those museums are surrounded by security. Okay, those boundaries are not restriction. They are actually there to make people that want to come and see the site and enjoy the site. They are there to make them free to come as close to it as possible, and obviously to keep out the few rotting egg that wants to come and steal. Nobody complains about those boundaries. In fact, those boundaries are necessary for us to be able to enjoy those sites. And it's the same thing with the expression of our sexuality in the form of romantic and sexual act. It is actually for our sake. Unfortunately, the devil has sold us a lie because we think that we are developed, we are liberal, we don't want boundaries, we just want to do our own thing. And we began to actually see that when we started talking the last time, we started talking about this word sensuality because from what we read, Jude chapter 1 verse 19, Jude has only one chapter, said, This be they who separate themselves sensual having not the spirit there is so much sensuality in our world today so much sensuality in our world today and this is why it is very very important for us to actually make sure that we talk about this thing i mean it is becoming an issue that nobody even blink and an eyelid now because it's all online is all on our tv is all on our on our social media is all on our facebook in fact you don't solicit for these things again you open your this thing just pop out it's in the song it's in the movie sensuality and the last time we say sensuality is that situation where everything is turned inside is living for gratification and they, in fact, there are some advertisements now that glorify sensuality. They say, just gratify, you know, gratify yourself. It's not a bad thing. The need for self-gratification, obviously, we are applying that specifically to the expression of romantic and sexual act this time around. So when people are guided only and simply by their own lust and passion, that is sensuality. Living as animals will do, living for gratification, living for pleasure, living outside the boundaries. That is sensuality. Let's look at the second one, lasciviousness. Now, I'm not going to be going back and forth. I've read all these in the pre previous reading that we take, so I'm not going to be going back and forth. Lasciviousness. Again, that's from the King James. Again, when you read other modern translations, they throw light and give you, you know, a common English word of today for this word. But what is lasciviousness? In classical Greek, these terms express insolent contempt for public decent opinion. <laughs> That's lasciviousness. In classical Greek, I will read that again. This term lasciviousness expresses insolent contempt for public 
decent opinion. What is decency? Decency is when we express our romantic and sexual act within the boundary that God has created it. In the special relationship of marriage, which is marriage between a man and a woman, one man, one woman. Number two, within the privacy of the marriage bed. And number three, for the enjoyment of those two and those two alone. Anything outside that is indecency. Anything outside that is lasciviousness. Anything outside that is a sexual sin. Lasciviousness denotes, therefore, in the New Testament, shameless outrage on public decency. It is what we commonly call let yourself go. Let it all hang out. If it feels good, do it. That is lasciviousness. When we take this wonderful and beautiful sexual expression that God has created to be enjoyed in a special relationship between two special people, when we take that and use it and express it for every dick and harry, that is lasciviousness. You know, interestingly enough, even in our culture, they still have boundary. If you express that to somebody underage, there's laws that actually still get people arrested for that. Okay, but that doesn't go far enough because we can see in the scripture that God has created boundary because sex is beautiful, because sex is precious, because sex is good. It is good. God makes all things beautiful in their own place, in their own time. Praise the Lord. That is lasciviousness. So we've looked at sensuality. We've looked at lasciviousness. What about concupiscence? We read that in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. It talks about the lust of concupiscence. The state of one immersed in wicked desire is an overpowering feeling desire and craving for what is forbidden overpowering feeling and desire and craving for what is forbidden you know it's interesting how people want to steal you know when you tell people not to do something there is a sinful nature in us that just want to do those things god said sex should be in marriage people said i want it before i get married it is that feeling that overall Powering feeling and desire and craving to eat what is forbidden. Remember, God has created and He has safeguarded romantic and sexual act within a specific relationship, not to keep it away from us, but so that we can enjoy His beauty, so that we can experience His power, so that we can harness His, His advantage. It's just like that river with boundary. It's just like you going into that museum and that treasure is actually guarded. It's just like when you go into the game and there are boundaries where the fan cannot cross. That is what makes the game beautiful. If everybody run into the field, it will be confusing. Concupiscence. One to which the man so yield himself that he is born along by evil and is the slave of his lower appetite. That is concupiscence. Let's go on to fornication. Fornication is an umbrella term. All form of illicit sexual expression and illicit sexual intercourse is fornication. When we take sex, when we take romantic expression and romantic act out of the 
protective relationship that God has placed it between the right people in the right place. Anything outside that actually comes under this thought of fornication. It includes homosexuality. It includes lesbianism. It includes bestiality. It includes pedophilia because these are sexual orientation. These are sexual um, acts that has been done outside God's express relationship and people. To ask for or to prostitute one's body to the lust of another is fornication. To ask for in thought and deed, to ask for or to prostitute one's body for the sexual enjoyment of another. Remember what we said. God wants this for the enjoyment of only two people, the two people in that relationship of marriage. So to ask for and to prostitute, the person asking it and the person prostituting their body for the enjoyment of another, whether they are being paid for it or not, that is fornication. And you remember there's a whole lot of that going on today with what is called cesting. Cesting. To solicit for or to permit oneself to be drawn away by another into unlawful sexual transaction is fornication. Sexting, sending, you know, romantic or sexual picture, sensual dressing. To solicit for or to permit oneself to be drawn away by another into unlawful sexual transaction. Sometimes people actually they, they they instigate sexual feeling and desire in others by the way they dress by the way they talk by the way they touch them it's all under fornication okay fornication we are engaged in things with our eye with our ears with our hand in a wrong way in an illicit way Okay, and that is all under these umbrella terms of fornication. These are sexual sin because we are taking this expression of sexuality, this romantic and sex act expression of our sexuality, we are taking it out of the confinement of God's protection. It's just like throwing the pears to the pig. Lastly, let's talk about adultery. Let's talk about adultery. Adultery is a targeted form of fornication. It is fornication, but with a married person. You know the example of Potiphar's wife. When she asked Joseph to commit fornication with her, Potiphar was married. Now, if Joseph has instigated that act, that transaction, Joseph will be committing fornication with his master's wife. You remember the story of Reuben. Reuben laid with his father's concubine concubine be Bilhah. that is in genesis chapter 35 verse 22 and he lost his inheritance because he could not control his vessel in sanctification like we read in the scripture earlier on and this now i'm not there's so many other things that we could simply talk about that the bible talk about about sexual sin but most importantly is for us to understand that the Boundaries that God has placed be, be around this beautiful, powerful mood of expressing our sexuality. The boundary God has placed there is for our own good, is for our own enjoyment, is for our own safety. 
And the fact that we have not listened to God and we have gone ahead and do our own thing, that is why we see all the confusion, you know, all the identity and sexual identity confusion that we find around us, all the ideological confusion that is around us, all the, you know, heartache breakdown in family unit around us and it's affecting everything, you know, uh, social unrest, a whole lot of what we see around us can be traced to the breakdown of family unit because we have decided that we are not going to listen to God, we are just going to follow our own alimanistic, you know, passion. And this has caused a lot of destruction for the devil. The thief comes not but for to steal, to kill, and to destroy. Again, sexual sin is a form of defrauding people, okay, and also destroying relationship. Okay, it will destroy marriage, it will destroy communities, it will destroy nation, and it will even destroy civilization. One of the reasons why the Roman Empire fall was because of sexual promiscuity, now among other things. But it is important for us to understand that God's commandments are for our good. And if you are listening to me today and you've not accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you need to. For God so loved the world. God knows that this world is headed for destruction, but God does not want any person to be lost. He wants every person to be saved. That is why He sent the Lord Jesus Christ in love to save you. But He cannot force salvation on you. You have to go to Him and admit that you are a sinner, that you cannot save yourself that you need a savior then ask him to save you he will come in he will save you he will be your father he will be your friend he will walk with you and when this is all over you will spend eternity with him in the new earth and the new heaven we sincerely invite you to check out our teachings on youtube maranatha teaching channel they will bless you thank you